0: Hey everybody, I'm Dominique Curley. I'm here from Health Verity. Um, I don't know whether I should wait or get going here because it's sort of like between sessions. So, no, come on. Anyways, um, so what I wanna talk with you about today is um, what we've done at Health Verity surrounding uh, consent management uh, for patient data rights. Um, Unlike many companies out there today, we are an enterprise install today. We're live in production um, at a major manufacturer in the US and several others um, in the healthcare space um, in play right now. So um, at Health Verity, um, a little bit of our backstory: um, We were started as an organization in '14 that was really focusing on healthcare data interoperability, and have a few technology products surrounding um, encryption and matching to create one view of the patient, and, uh, and the, some utilities that allow you to further um, put that. Uh, capability to work and tie to um, interoperable healthcare data. Uh, Today, we have over 20 billion healthcare transactions across lab, medical claims, um, EMR, pharmacy, um, and a broader swath of consumer data uh, connected to purchase behavior and the like. And so one of the things that we noticed once people had been matching and mastering their patients and then further trying to attach it to healthcare information um, to support interoperability is that they had a really big problem with the right to that information the rights to use that information the rights to communicate around that information and so we um, you know this is sort of what they were looking at um, as they started to aggregate and assemble information both internally and externally they realized that across the different applications in their infrastructure and outside of their infrastructure they had several places where they had inconsistent capture um, and an uncertainty as to what their rights actually were and I can guarantee you if any of you are in the healthcare space today, um, and you're in an environment, um, and you're you're communicating with patients, and you really took a deep dive into how much of that information you know or don't know, there would be big variability um, application to application in terms of what's being captured, stored, and known about one patient's view of, um, you know, what they've said yes or no to for your organization. and the risk today is quite dramatic. Uh, that's a, a you know list of the uh, laws that are currently in play today. I won't take the time to review them all with you. Um, but needless to say, you can see that the punitive damages connected to default are quite dramatic. Ironically, HIPAA has the least material impact. Um, a HIPAA breach has less material impact than, say, um, Canada uh, anti-spam legislation, which is quite dramatic, at $10 million and a director-level hit at a $1 million each. Um, This uh, level of legislation at the bottom, you're seeing GDPR and California uh, Consumer uh, Privacy Act, this level of legislation is starting to demand that you as a company can Um, know immediately if somebody has said, I'm in or I'm out uh, for, uh, you know, rights to either exchange information, use my information, communicate with me. And this challenge in the organization now, um, although there's technology and capability in driving us closer and closer to being able to really get close to the patient and to the HCP, the challenge is that um, without the proper tools in place to properly manage uh, the information rights and the consents connected to it, you really are at a loss and run some pretty great risk and and the reaction to that is that compliance teams uh, are locking down Uh, legal and reg are tougher to get through and so there's quite a need in the market right now to develop Uh, what we did in the middle there, uh, which is Health Verity Consent. And we've been circling around blockchain for a while. The rest of our utilities and our products and services do not use blockchain, uh, but that middle product, Health Verity Consent, does use blockchain. And we chose it not because it's a hot new technology and we get us some good airtime. We chose it because distributed ledger technology is actually quite a potent uh, uh, tool set to manage the transactions surrounding consent. Let me tell you a little bit about that. Um, the rule of consent today for Health Verity is to make sure that we have a common platform in the enterprise where one view of a patient or NHCPs or really any individual's rights are stored. Uh, as I said earlier, that's difficult because of all the different applications, partners, co-promotes, other um, organizations that you're working with. Uh, but we've designed it so that it can connect to any application. and any any organization in a uniform manner with a common set of data, metadata, as others were talking about it earlier, stored in the blockchain. And of course, the value here is the immutability that blockchain delivers um, provides us with the ability to uh, provide uh, a trusted sort of truth around consent. So if you've ever been in the business of um, talking to another organization about exchanging information, you can realize that that can be a quite a painful exercise because of the lack of trust and the risk um, most, uh, you know, most normally uh, surrounding uh, HIPAA. Um, But with with Health Verity Blockchain, um, we've we've created a way to uh, help the enterprise assemble a centralized source of this. So let me get to the first lesson. I promised five lessons in this. And and we actually uh, worked through with a beta customer, um, our first one, exactly how this would all work. And one of our first lessons in creating a blockchain enabled enterprise utility is to make sure that we keep it simple. Um, So as an example, today on the left-hand side of this screen, you can see that you can collect a yes or a no from an individual. Uh, Of course, we need to know who that individual is. But instead of connecting right there at that point of connection for that source system, which you see a little terminal there, we realize that there's a lot of systems in place today, a lot of applications in place today that are already in existence in the enterprise, supporting the capture of that information. So instead of connecting to that source system, we're instead pulling from it and at that point in time storing that um, in the blockchain in health verity consent. Um, We also learned that in order to govern and to move uh, the use of consent to consuming systems, you also had to be respectful of what they um, uh, you know, how they operated and how they're used to interpreting data. So instead of forcing a consuming system to comply to how we might generate information um, out of the blockchain, we created services that would allow them to consume it in whatever format they wanted. So by keeping it very simple and focusing on the enterprise realities of the infrastructure structure already in place, and not replacing them, but uh, adding a utility that they didn't yet have and attaching to it, uh, that was one of the the lessons that we had that proved to be uh, quite successful in implementation. We were, by the way, live um, within 12 weeks of start, uh, so that was quite remarkable also. If you think about the time it takes to do POCs, uh, we were actually in play, moving data um, within that time frame. Uh, So the next lesson we learned as we walked the halls of our enterprise was that the vision bears repeating. I'm pulling from Steve Jobs here, but I love that quote. If you've ever tried to drive change in an organization, you'll know that you can't just say it once and expect it to stick. You really have to be there repeatedly um, evangelizing what's possible. Um, And this slide is what I call my ode to Mike Jacobs. Mike Jacobs has been uh, speaking today. Comes from Optum, senior scientist or senior engineer. Um, He had a terrific talk a couple years ago on how to think about blockchain and whether it's fit for purpose. And so I found myself um, in many rooms when I was just uh, referring back to that talk that Mike gave where I took copious notes. And I've created a slide that paraphrases um, an entire presentation that he made. And I use this uh, repeatedly around the enterprise to talk to people about why blockchain um, and to sort of get rid of the hype and get into the action of why distributed ledger technology can make a difference and really help us affect this change. Uh, The kind of change that we're affecting is not just intra enterprise, we're affecting the ability for multiple enterprises to work together in a trusted manner. And so, of course, that socialized data. And the ability to write once and read many times is a critical factor for people to understand um, in interpreting how blockchain plays a role um, or how health fair consent in this place uh, plays a role in um, enabling them to get closer to their patients and HCPs. So um, you know, again, that second lesson is as uh, the vision bears repeating. So I can't stress enough to uh, always be evangelizing in any room you're in uh, because people say they understand but they really don't. Um, The third lesson that we realized in our enterprise install is that you have to be the change. um, that's a quick graphic of uh, a bit of our architecture, and you know, in typical distributed ledger fashion, there's there's uh, pieces of that that you probably recognize: the concept of validating red nodes, concept of or- ordering and storing um, in a, in a uh, formulaic matter, execution of smart contracts. We, by the way, are a hyperledger fabric shop. Uh, by the way, we spent a lot of time uh, thinking about that. So, in terms of being the change, we had a few choices before us. We could create our product and say, here you go, we're a technology company, do you want one? Um, or we could recognize that the product uh, needed to meld nicely into the organization. So here's a few things that we picked up on. First of all, uh, we looked hard and long to find a dev team that could help us build to our vision. Uh, we are all um, technologists at Verity but we at the time did not have a lot of blockchain coding experience. And what we found is that as we brought different teams in place, large and small companies, everybody wanted to own what we were creating and so uh, after a long hard uh, thought on on working with a few different companies we decided to go it alone and uh, we built our development team out we fleshed it out and uh, very quickly realized that we were able to move faster uh, doing it ourselves rather than relying on application layers that uh, cloaked getting to the actual code base or uh, leveraging companies that could perhaps spin up some teams but might want to own some of our IP. Uh, So we uh, held held onto our IP, built our dev team, and shaped the product our own. We also realized in working with our enterprise client that although they could own validating nodes, and that's, of course, an important part of building trust across the data asset, at the time there was no interest in that enterprise um, in owning the validating node. So instead of insisting and trying to spin it up and make it happen in that organization, we instead hosted their validating node. So. It's, you know, it's people you know, get a chuckle out of this because we are self-validating. Uh, but what we have in place today is a technology that as uh, suppliers are added and companies come in, they can choose to um, own a piece of the validation of the consent, and we feel that that's very important and are constantly evangelizing that. The third lesson that we learned is question authority. So, as a company uh, that was pushing a new technology and and, uh, you know, kind of integrating into an existing infrastructure, uh, the the large integrators were trying to tell us where we sat. Here's what you'll do. uh, Here's the role you'll play. And of course, blockchain is breaking all those rules, and blockchain is changing business process. So we had to insist that we didn't rely on how things had always been done, and a really important. And part of that was helping the integrators understand that they didn't make this call; that the technology actually was a new component part of commercial architecture, you know, a consent master, and that that meant that all the other applications in their mix didn't have to do and worry about that function. So we had to constantly push back on any application that had some sort of ownership of optic consent and let them maintain what they needed for their application but insist on being the governing body um, as a utility in the commercial architecture that could guide use and rights uh, to information. We also had to insist on a common way of thinking about information. So as I said earlier, um, almost every application and every company that was working with our enterprise client um, had a different way of thinking about what information was actually needed. We had content variations. We had different information being captured. Uh, Some people were just storing last in. They had no sense of history. And so as we worked through the continuum of what we knew we had to do, uh, we started to insist on conforming data and having those, organizations as source systems, making sure that they were feeding us the information we needed to be consistent. Um, By creating that change, we've actually made the technology of the consent master an incredibly simple thing. I think we have 15 to 20 total fields um, being stored as metadata within the chain, um, and it's flexible to any kind of consent. If we tried to listen to those integrators and pick up the role that they thought we needed to carry, or listen to the enterprise architects and do what they thought they needed to do to master consent, which was most likely gonna be servicing and sending applications what they thought they needed, we really wouldn't have been able to be the change and we really wouldn't have been able to accomplish what this organization needed to do, which is to have one view of a patient or an HCP at any point in time across any application at any contact point for all history. And that's what we're doing today uh, uniformly. Um, we helped, in order for us to uh, be the change, in order for us to question authority, we found ourselves building use cases constantly, helping different applications, different companies who carried roles with this enterprise understand what a consent master could do for them. So part of the lesson learned um, in questioning authority was really making sure that you could paint the picture of how things should be. And here you're seeing an example of uh, data redaction, which is GDPR, and, and increasingly California consumer privacy law um, heading our way. And so um, this we found to be very helpful in, uh, in being able to uh, make the companies that were working with us understand the new role in the organization that this technology was playing. And then finally, what we did was, uh, you know, our lesson five was take all those lessons that we learned and transform them into a scalable process. So when you're building in blockchain and when you're providing blockchain enterprise utility, um, a lot has to change around that. A lot of systems that did things don't have to do them anymore. Um, A lot of um, information that had to do point to point moves doesn't have to be there anymore. Um, Duplicate capture of exactly the same information doesn't have to be present anymore, and so we took all of the lessons that we learned and have, you know, really turned that into the way that we interact with any of our clients today. A great use case um, that might be relevant to anybody who comes from the pharma side of the house is we had a situation where um, HIPAA might have been granted as part of an enrollment form. So if a patient who's quite ill comes in the door, they sign a document that gives rights to the people that are gonna treat. Um, and that can that can include manufacturer rights. And it has a period of time. Sometimes uh, we found stated 10 years, sometimes five years, sometimes not stated at all. Um, but we had this this, concept of the the HIPAA being granted by this individual to this party at this point in time for these purposes and that was all gathered and stored Um, they also had another program where they were offering copay cards and in copay card they also need a HIPAA release But sometimes the patient when enrolling for that copay card maybe didn't check that HIPAA release form, they forgot. And previously what would happen was that that copay card was dead because they couldn't act the way they needed to. Um, What they realize now with the consent master in place is they actually had HIPAA earlier. And so even though this particular source system didn't capture HIPAA, the program and the participation in the program was still valid because we had the information and the rights we needed before that. And so, the ability to, um, you know, bring those stories to life, to prove that um, if you're thinking about information in the right way and you're, um, you know, conforming to the new business process, you can both save money um, and speed up your ability to, uh, you know, to appropriately speak to and manage the information around patients. So today, um, Health Verity is a uh, enterprise consent application that sits as the core of um, consented record exchange and consented program outreach and ongoing communications. Um, It is in a large biotech. It has, there's about two other biotechs in the wings. And we also have um, labs and uh, claims organizations uh, looking to engage with us at the same clip. Uh, Interestingly here, once you have consent in play as a component part of your architecture, your ability to free up information, your ability to monetize information, and your ability to, uh, you know, better communicate to your constituents um, is in place. So we're really excited to have this product in market. I think uh, we are still one of the few companies that actually has a live product in market operating, uh, delivering revenue uh, and licensing. Uh, So that's our story. And thank you for spending time with me today.